Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Are you in need of a top dog electrician? For over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, also trustworthy electrical contract company in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765 right now, they will actually give you the BSN back-to-school hookup, which will save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. What's going on? Welcome into the latest BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here, as always. Fun two-part episode planned today. As always, we are presented by Total Beverage, where BSN listeners can get 30% off their purchase of $25 or more by using the code BSN2019. You can do that online or on the Total Beverage app. And also, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area and also now has CBD products as well. On today's show, I'm going to go over one question that I think will define each player on the Nuggets roster season. Moving from the starters, that's who I'll get to in part one, run down my projected starting lineup, give you guys one question that I think will define each of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic's season, and then in part two, move on to the bench. What will define Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Torrey Craigs, Jeremy Grants, Mason Plumleys, Michael Porter Jr.'s, Jared Vanderbilt's, Wancho, Aaron Gomez's seasons, and uh, so on and so forth for everybody on the roster, so... That's what I'll get to in a few moments, but I do want to go over a quick bit of news to start here. The Nuggets adding to their training camp roster, you know, teams can bring up to 20 guys to training camp. That's something that not everybody knows. Of course, only 12 of those guys are going to make the roster plus your two two-way players, but you can bring up to 20 guys on training camp deals, on partially guaranteed deals just to camp to you know, fill out your roster and get some other looks at guys that you might be interested in or just bring other guys in for extra bodies, which a lot of teams do. And that's what the Nuggets are doing in this case. Nuggets signed Tyler Zeller to a training camp deal. Not a lot to take away from this other than he's just a good practice body, a guy who's played in the league, guy who's going to make other guys work. Good practice body to go up against Jokic, Mason Plumley, Bol Bol, Paul Millsap, whatever front court players Denver's putting out there. That's really all there is to it. Tyler Zeller is not going to make this Nuggets roster. Maybe he'll make another roster out there. Maybe he'll play overseas. I know the Nuggets have an open roster spot. I don't think Tyler Zeller is in contention for that. Simply just another training camp body to have, and a good one at that who's played in the league. He only played in six games last year, so I'm sure he's still trying to look for a job, but he has been in the league a while, has had a cup of coffee with a lot of different teams throughout his short career. So it's just simply that a training camp body, somebody who can go against Denver's bigs and, you know, make them work in practice and also just a good character guy, a guy who's going to practice hard and play hard throughout training camp, which is coming up here in under two weeks. It was two weeks from Tuesday. So uh, we are right around the corner from training camp in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center, which uh, will be the real kickoff to the season. Of course, we'll be there covering it every single day as we do. Another potential theory about the Tyler Zeller signing, why Denver wanted to bring in another big man. 
Nikola Jokic coming off this World Cup run with Serbia. It was a short run, short-lived run, not a run that everybody thought it was going to be to the gold medal game. But it's probably a little fatigued. He's not going to have the pep in his step, at least I don't think, that he would if he was just coming off a summer where he didn't do anything other than just work out and stay in shape. So I'm sure Denver would want to ease him into things at training camp, not push him too hard. And look, you just probably need another big on the floor to replace him. No, he's obviously not going to do anything Nikola Jokic does, but just have another body who can run the floor and play hard if Jokic is just taking it easy at training camp practices. And I don't think there's a lot of reason to think it's important for Jokic to push himself that hard throughout training camp and even throughout the preseason. Maybe he needs like one, maybe two preseason games to get locked in before the Nuggets season opener. So that's that. Nuggets add Tyler Zeller to their training camp roster. File Zeller under the category of training camp invites with P.J. Dozier, who Denver agreed to a training camp deal with earlier this summer. Although I would think Dozier seems like the more intriguing guy to kind of track. He's younger, obviously more potential. I like his makeup a lot more than Zeller's. So I would pay attention to Dozier more, but you know, two training camp invites right there. That will be with the Nuggets throughout training camp and then potentially the preseason as well. Before I do get to the starters and one question I think will define each one of their seasons, I got to tell you guys, I was at our BSN Denver headquarters the other day. And at the BSN Denver headquarters, we have a fridge. We have a fridge that was given to us by Breckenridge Brewery. And that fridge is absolutely stocked front to back, top to bottom with Breckenridge beers. And I tried this beer. It's called a Colorado Core. And I know I've been telling you guys all summer about Strawberry Sky. And you should still get Strawberry Sky. But so the first time I had a Colorado Core. I don't know if you guys have had this beer from Breck Brewing, but Pretty much, Colorado Core is giving Strawberry Sky a run for my beer of the summer. What it is, it's an apple blonde ale. Breckenridge Brewery pretty much collaborated with Colorado's own Talbot Cider Company. And what Colorado Core is, like I said, it's an apple blonde ale that tastes like summer in a glass. That, that's exactly what it tastes like. It tastes like summer. It's brewed with 49% unprocessed apple cider from the famed Palisdale Grand Valley produce region. Colorado Core also, it's just got that crisp and tart taste of apple with a clean, dry finish. Uh, I'm telling you guys, it's really good. Uh, No joke. It's also got my personal stamp of approval. Crafted to reduce gluten so you won't feel guilty reaching for this crowd pleaser time and time again. Check out this beer from Breck Brewing, Colorado Core, one of my favorites that they put out for sure. Definitely giving Strawberry Sky a run. Uh, for my favorite beer from them this summer. It's at most of your local liquor stores, so make sure to pick it up next time you're looking for some good beers. Remember, Colorado Core from Breck Brewing. The can looks like your classic Breck Brewing can. It's got a bucket of apples on the front. It says Colorado Core right there. Check it out and tell me what you think. Also, guys, if you're drinking Breck beers, make sure to tag us on Facebook with a picture of you drinking Breck beers. Some of our followers do this. And we retweet it. Breck Brewing retweets it. It's a fun little way to stay a part of the community. So just tag at Breck Brewing in your tweets that have a picture of you drinking a Breck beer. We'll retweet it from the BS in Denver account. Breck Brewing will retweet it from their account with just thousands and thousands of followers. All right, let's hit a quick break. 
We'll be right back. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. All right, welcome back to the show. Harrison Wind here. We are presented, of course, on the BSN Nuggets podcast by Total Beverage, where BSN listeners can get 30% off their purchase of $25 or more. Let's get right to it. The one question that I think will define Jamal Murray's season, I want to say something cool, like if he makes the All-Star team, which I definitely think he can do, or if he averages 20 points per game, which I also think he can and might do and probably will do, to be honest. But I want to be real with you guys. I want to give you my honest-to-God take every single time. And it's not sexy. I've said it before, but it's just if he can be consistent. If Jamal Murray in his fourth NBA season can be a more consistent producer from the point guard position on the offensive end of the floor, on the defensive end of the floor, and of course that encompasses so many things, right? He's got to be a more consistent three-point shooter. He can't shoot 28% from three in October and 33% from three in November only to shoot 40% from three or above 40% from three in January and February. He's got to be more consistent with his three-point shot. It's funny, I was talking with a couple of buddies about this, a couple of coworkers in the media, and we were trying to find out and just chat about and really get to the bottom of what type of shooter is Jamal Murray. Is Jamal Murray the 37% three-point shooter we saw last year? Is that the kind of guy he's going to be throughout his career? Or is he going to be a near 40% guy? Me personally, I think he has the talent, Uh, the shot to be a 40% three-point shooter, but he right now, maybe he doesn't have the shot quality to be a 40% three-point shooter. Jamal Murray takes a lot of questionable threes, and they're questionable. They're not good shots for everybody. They're better shots from him because he can really make them, but you know the transition threes, which are shots I actually like him taking, uh, the contested threes, just the the pull-up threes out of nowhere. They're not great shots for everybody, Denver can get better shots than that as well, but they're, they're okay shots for him, if you see what I'm saying, because he's such a gifted shooter. But because he takes those shots, maybe that's why he's not you know up closer to 40%. So I, I think Jamal Murray can get to a 40% mark from three, but it, it would take him kind of reining in his shot selection, in my opinion, to get there. Like If he didn't take as many pull-up transition threes... I think there's a really good chance he can shoot 40% from three. Uh, So he's got to be more consistent with his shot. He's got to be more consistent with his defense. I think Jamal Murray was probably a below average defender last season. Don't think that's a hot take. I think we saw that 
in the playoffs and throughout the regular season. He has the tools to be an above average defender. He has the length at six foot three, six foot four with a fine wingspan. He has the athleticism. I think he has the basketball IQ to certainly do so. He's just got to be more consistent defender. And I think that could come. A lot of times, defense, if you don't have it right away, like some guys have it right away out of the draft when they get into the league, and that's their calling card most of the times because offense isn't. But obviously, offense has been Jamal's calling card because he's just been such a damn good scorer at every stage of his life and career. But I feel like if you don't come into the league known for your defense, that's something that just improves over time with more reps, with more minutes, with more just experience, more playoff experience, more just reps up and down the floor going against different coverages and whatnot. So I think he definitely can get better defensively, but that's just another area where he's got to be more consistent. And then just as a pick-and-roll point guard, as a classic point guard, I say this a lot, but he took so many strides in this area last year. I'm curious to see how he can expand upon it this year. But when Denver had those injuries over the first couple months of the season to Gary Harris, to Will Barton, and really Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap, I should probably say, were the three fixtures in Denver starting lineup for that middle chunk of the season, Denver was kind of forced to go to that Murray-Jokic two-man game and really lean on those two guys. And Murray and Jokic, man, they developed an awesome chemistry during those middle months of the season. And I think that will definitely pay off in the long run. And maybe, you know, those injuries, you obviously don't want to see them, but they could be a blessing in disguise to Murray's development. And so by the end of the year, the Murray-Jokic pick and roll, that was Denver's pet play. That was their go-to set. You know, that was their money play. When they needed a bucket, when the game was on the line, they put Murray in a pick and roll with Jokic or Jokic in a pick and roll with Murray. You know, that 5-1 inverted pick and roll isn't the worst thing in the world either. Denver was really effective with that. So as I said, he took so many steps and became what I thought was a pretty good pick and roll point guard last year. Curious to see how he builds on that this coming season. All in all with Murray, it's consistency. You know, the injuries plagued him, I think, last year. He had just so much ankle trouble last year. Never really got his ankles right, it felt like. That will obviously be a big factor as well, but more so than that, it's just consistency. As a shooter, as a defender, as a point guard, as a complete basketball player. So I'll be really curious to see if he can be a more consistent player in year four in his 22-year-old season, entering his 23-year-old season. He'll turn 23 in February, still incredibly young, as we all know. Moving on to Murray's backcourt partner, Gary Harris. Nothing sexy about this one either. It's not, will he keep his longer hair? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen Gary's got some new hair that he might be debuting this season. Check out his Instagram for that. It's not going to be, will he make an all-NBA defensive team, which I think he has a chance to get some consideration for. But it's if he can stay healthy, right? Bobby Marks just put out this piece on ESPN like he always does every year. I'd recommend you guys checking it out if you have ESPN+. Plus. But he pretty much goes over the incentives that a lot of players have built into their contracts. He had a note about Gary Harris in there that if Gary Harris plays 60 games and the Nuggets reach the NBA Finals and the team logs 57 wins, Harris will earn an extra 775K. Not a bad little bonus there. Of course, Gary's only played 60 games in two of his five seasons, most recently in 2017-18 when he played in 67 games. Last year, he played in just 57. More so, Harris can also push that incentive number to 975K if Denver wins the NBA Finals. But my point is here, per Bobby Marks, the Nuggets have incentives built into Gary Harris's contract that are based on health. And health is the one question that will define his season. How healthy will he stay? Now, will this be a season like he had last year? 57 games, 48 games started, the lowest amount of minutes he played since his rookie year, which I will 
say I don't think is the worst thing in the world. I'll explain in a second. But not great numbers. 12.9 points per game, only 42.4% from the field, 34% from three. Again, his lowest three-point shooting percentage since his rookie year. It was not a good year for Gary Harris. He was not healthy. He had not like one major injury that sidelined him for four months or something or the entire season. It was just a lot of little things along the way. And that's kind of been the case with him throughout his career. I think a way Denver can keep his injuries down is to keep his playing time down. And if you look at Gary Harris's month-by-month splits, in October, he played 34 minutes per game. In November, he played 33 minutes per game last season. Sure enough, then he got hurt. So he comes back in January. Denver plays him 25 minutes a game, then 22 minutes a game in February, 28 and a half in March, 28 in April. He doesn't eclipse 30 minutes a game again for the rest of the season. And of course, he stays healthy. He's healthy for the playoffs, probably the healthiest he was all season. And that obviously was amazing, I thought, in Denver's two playoff series against the Spurs, where he took Derek White out of that series, and then against Portland, when he really frustrated, frustrated. People forget how much he frustrated Damian Lillard in that second-round series. That's what a healthy Gary Harris can do, and that's what I think the Nuggets will place a priority on this season. They're going to dial back his minutes, I believe. I would be surprised if Gary Harris is playing more than 30 minutes a game. Very surprised. There's evidence last season that when he wasn't playing that much, he was staying healthier. And obviously, when he did eclipse those totals earlier in the season, he got hurt. And also, Denver has the depth behind him to you know, make it okay that they're only playing him 30 minutes a night. Like Malik Beasley, he's chomping at the bit for more minutes. There's not going to be enough minutes to give him this year. You can play Will Barton at the two. You can play Jamal Murray and Monte Morris in the backcourt together. So there's a lot of bodies Denver can plug in there. I just can see the Nuggets taking a real conservative approach with him throughout the regular season, as I think they could take with Paul Millsap, who I'll get to shortly. But will Gary Harris stay healthy? Because I also think the fact that he really wasn't healthy for most of the season, that killed his three-point percentage, that killed his ability to finish around the rim. If you look at his shot chart last year, I don't know if you guys subscribe to Cleaning the Glass, but it's a great site that breaks down shot charts and percentile rankings just in a really easy way to see and contextualize. But Gary Harris shot just 58% at the rim last season. That's the worst since his rookie year, down from 69% in 2017-18. And that also put him in the 39th percentile among all guards. Two years ago, he was in the 85th percentile, finishing at the rim of all guards. And I think there's an obvious reason why he was not good finishing at the rim last season. It's because that injury question mark was in the back of his head. I think that's why. It's like when you're playing basketball, you guys notice if you play, you're not going to put yourself at risk. You're not going to put your body at risk. You're not going to seek out contact at the rim. And you're just not going to be as confident just going to the hole as hard as you can and just finishing without any thought in the back of your head of, oh, you know, I'm a little injured right now. I don't want to fall wrong. I don't want to take off wrong. I think that's a big reason why he was not as good around the rim last season. Could be wrong. I don't know. But again, can Gary Harris stay healthy? That will be what defines his season. And if he does stay healthy, mark my words. Here's my hot take about Gary Harris. I think if he stays healthy, he can garner a consideration for an all-NBA defensive spot next season. We saw how good of a defender he was in the playoffs on Derek White, on Damian Lillard. We saw how good of a defender he's been throughout the regular season when he's been healthy. I think Denver places a high priority on keeping him healthy for the regular season. And sure enough, I think he'll be one of the best perimeter defenders in the league next year. All right, moving on to starting small forward. As I've said, I think there could be some competition at this spot, but I've got Will Barton penciled in as my starting small forward for the Nuggets right now. 
what will define Will Barton's season? It's the question of who is Will Barton right now? Is Will Barton the guy we saw last year who I thought never really regained his rhythm, his flow after returning from that really significant injury later in the season? Average 11.5 points per game, only 40% from the field, 34% from three. His percentages were down in a similar way to Gary Harris's were. Or is he the guy who we saw in 2017-18 play in 81 games and start 40 of them and be one of the Nuggets' most important players? 15.7 points per game, 45% from the field, 37% from three. Who is Will Barton? Is he that guy or is he the guy we saw last year? I don't think there are many players on the Nuggets, maybe not anybody who's under more pressure than Will Barton this coming season. He is under a lot of pressure to prove that last season was a fluke. I think last season was not representative of the guy Will Barton is. I think this coming year, he'll be much closer to the player he was in 2017-18 than the guy he was last season. I think the injury was a big deal. He's never had a significant injury before. He's never had surgery. I think that played with him mentally. I just don't think he was there the way he could have been and the way he was obviously there in 2018. I think he regains his form from a couple years ago. That's just me. People have other takes about Will Barton. I think he can definitely get back to being the guy he was. He's fully healthy. He's had a full summer. Obviously, no restrictions and whatnot. He'll come into training camp in great shape. He's been in the gym, of course, but he's got a lot to prove. He's got to prove last season is not how the rest of his career will go. Uh, He's got to because... If he does start for the Nuggets, you know, if he does get that starting small forward job, and I guess keep it would be the word. And you know, on opening night, he he rolls out with the starters, and you know, over the first month or so of the season, he's still that guy who he was in 2018-19. There could be some pressure for Denver to make a change. You know, the guy who he was in 2018-19 last year for for most of the year, Denver has better options, I think, at small forward than that. Uh, I don't think they have any better options if Barton is the guy who he was in 2018, you know, a couple years ago. That Will Barton is a great fit with the Nuggets starting lineup. That Will Barton, I think, is by far and away the Nuggets' best option at small forward, just from an offensive standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint, from a flow standpoint. That guy clicks with Denver's starting lineup. Those starters together have posted big numbers before. But if he's the guy who he was last year, Denver has better options. Denver has Malik Beasley. You know, they have Wancho. There could be better options out there. So, Wilbarton's under a lot of pressure. And that pressure starts early in the season. I'm curious. Who is Will Barton? I personally think he's going to be more of the guy we saw a couple years ago and regain that form. Others don't that I've talked to. So, we'll see. Hey, as we get closer to this Nugget season, and again, training camp is under two weeks away. Media day is a week from Monday No better present to get yourself than a BSN Denver subscription. We'll be covering training camp wall-to-wall. Every day we'll be down in Colorado Springs podcasting, video, audio, analysis, exclusive interviews. We're going to be the one-stop shop for all your Nuggets coverage at training camp. Hit bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Right now, annual subscriptions to BSN Denver, only $3.74 a month. That's almost 50% off the monthly price. Subscribers also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver merch store. Cool Broncos, Nuggets, Rockies, Avalanche shirts on there. More coming as well. More coming. They are coming, I swear. So if you're not subscribed, you guys are really missing out. I hate to guilt trip you, but you are. BSNever.com backslash subscribe. Also, if you're a BSNever subscriber, leave questions, comments for me on BSNever.com in the comment section on any one of these podcasts. If you're a subscriber 
and you leave a question, a comment, or take, I will read it on the show before the first break. Anybody else who has a question, feel free to always hit me, wind at bsndenver.com. I'll answer it on Twitter or on my next podcast. Or if you have a question that's longer than what Twitter allows, wind at bsndenver.com. Before I get to the questions that I think will define Paul Millsap's season and Nikola Jokic's season, Right now, Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. Total Beverage is giving the BSN fam 30% off their purchases of $25 or more if you use the code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Make sure you download it today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage now delivers to most of the metro area, all the way from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered. All right, back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here as always. Moving on to Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic. Questions that will define each of their two seasons. For Paul Millsap, it's can he stop father time? Can he look father time in the face and say, no, you're not coming for me yet? Because Denver got Jeremy Grant. He is going to be a huge addition, I think. I think he's going to be an incredibly valuable player for the Nuggets, close some games for Denver, just be a force for the Nuggets in the playoffs. But they also need Paul Millsap, right? Like, let's not get lost in the Jeremy Grant aura and forget about Paul Millsap. The Nuggets need Paul Millsap to be who he was last year, I think. And Millsap right now, he's a year older. He's 34. He's going to turn 35 in February at the end of next season or middle of next season, depending on how long... The Nuggets playoff run goes, but he's getting up there, obviously. I don't think he's like done by any means. I still think he has a bunch of really quality years left, but he's the elder statesman on this Nuggets team. But Denver still needs him to be really productive. They need him to be the efficient player he was last year. In Millsap a year ago, he shot 48.5% from the field, 36.5% from three. Both of those percentages, the highest he shot since his Utah days. 48.5% from the field. He didn't shoot that well since 2012-2013, his last year in Utah. 36.5% from three. He didn't shoot that well since 2010-2011, probably the best season of his career. It was in Utah, 17.3 points per game, 7.6 minutes per game. The Nuggets will need him to be that efficient offensive player again. He'll be great defensively. I can't really see his defense dropping off. You're worried about his offense, though, a little bit. That's usually the thing that goes first, I think especially a guy like Millsap, who's just a sound team defender, so strong. You know, he's not going to be getting bullied off the block or anything next year. Maybe he'll lose some quickness, but you know, he's not going to lose his defensive awareness or IQ. I think he'll still be Denver's best, if not you know, one of their top defenders next year, along with Jeremy Grant, along with Gary Harris. But offensively, that's where I'll be watching for Millsap the most. You forget, but there were times last year when Denver fed Millsap a lot. You know, if he has a mismatch on the block, if he has a guy who he thinks that he can take off the dribble or, you know, get by or get the better of initiate contact with, Denver will find him in the post. They'll find him on the block. They'll find him in that mid-post area and just let him go to work. Or countless times Denver did that in the fourth quarter last year, and I'm sure they would love to do that again. But Denver will definitely need him to be that efficient offensive player to keep going to him like they did a year ago. I will be curious to see how the Nuggets manage Millsap's minutes. If you're looking for one guy to load managed throughout the year, I think it would be Millsap uh, for sure. They have Jeremy Grant right now. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to give Millsap some off nights throughout the regular season on second half of back-to-backs and tough stretches. 
you know, if he's a little banged up, just sit him. I think that would be the smart thing to do, and Denver can more than cover for it with its depth. You want to make sure he's healthy and, you know, as energized as possible for the playoffs. So can Paul Millsap look father time in the face and, you know, not let him get to him this year? I think that's what will define his season because Denver needs Paul Millsap still. They've got Jeremy Grant, but they still need Paul Millsap to be a really effective and efficient offensive player. Moving on to the last member of the Nuggets starting lineup, Nikola Jokic. My question for Jokic that I think will define his season, and this is really for the regular season, how focused will he be? How determined will he be in the regular season? Jokic got his first taste of playoff basketball last year, right? As did a lot of guys on this Nuggets roster. But I think this argument is specifically for Jokic. Will he come into the regular season with something to prove? He got the all-star bid. He got the all-NBA spot last season. You know, he led the Nuggets to the second round of the playoffs. Is he going to be motivated in the regular season? I think there's a lot of reasons why he could be. But also with the long summer, maybe he eases into the start of the regular season a little more. It's not like he was taxed you know, a lot during the World Cup with Serbia. He was only playing 20 to 25 minutes a game off the bench. That was well chronicled on this show. But just being in China, being around the game, practicing, you know, going through the motions, that's tiring. That can still take a lot out of you. So I'm curious to see what his energy level is at the start of the regular season, how much determination, how much force he brings to the Nuggets regular season to a Tuesday night game against the Suns. You know, that's what I'm curious about when it comes to Jokic. He accomplished so much last year. He got the recognition he deserved and then some. He led Denver to the playoffs. I'm curious what the regular season means to him next year. He's also a guy I think Denver should definitely maybe load manage a little bit. Give him a couple off nights, decrease his minutes too, because they've got Mason Plumley, they've got Paul Millsap, they've got Jeremy Grant, they've got capable bigs, Jared Vanderbilt also. The thing about Jokic, he doesn't have to crush the regular season next year, right? Like he can go through the motions, still lead the Nuggets to 55, 56 wins, I think, personally. That's just how good he is. That's how good of a team the Nuggets have. But, you know, if he really comes into the next regular season with something to prove, I think Denver could get the 60 wins. They get to 58, 59 wins and win the West. So I'm curious to see after his long summer and what happened last year, the regular season success and the playoff success, how he comes back and how he approaches the regular season. I think that will define you know, his season because I'm expecting a big year from Jokic. I'm thinking about making him my MVP pick. I think he can definitely get it. He was fourth last year. I think there are a lot of reasons to believe Denver will be a better team this season and potentially win the West. But how will he approach the regular season on a night-to-night basis? I will be fascinated to watch. All right, that's all the time I got for part one of this show. Part two, which will cover one question that will define each player's season off the Nuggets bench, will also be posted shortly. I'm sure it will be posted by the time you are done listening to this pod, so you can switch over to part two. If you have a second, I'd appreciate if you could drop me a quick five-star review on iTunes. It really helps the show out and seriously takes like two seconds You just go to the podcast on iTunes where you could be listening and just click five stars. If you want to leave a comment, if you want to leave a review, that's great. Uh, But a five-star rating is very appreciated. I'll talk to you guys in part two. Hey, listeners of the BSN podcast, you guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. 
We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is because Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for all your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. DRC offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceutical, construction, medical, military, electronics, so much more. An ISO certified company that will work with you from design to final product that is both cost effective and will meet your requirements. If you're in need of custom design, material selection for your project, or have a deadline to make a large order, do not hesitate to call Denver Rubber Company. Call them today at 1 800 259 0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com. And of course, tell them who sent you. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.